Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Today's episode is brought to you by Epicenter's Venture Women Program. I'll be speaking with two participants in the current cohort, Alex Wilder, founder of Future of Science Shop, and Jacqueline Verlin, founder of Verlin Music Academy. The final pitch competition for the Venture Women Program will be held on Thursday, December 9th, and you can go to Epicenter's website to register. Each of the seven ventures will pitch their business idea to a panel of judges and a live audience. Three awards, including Top Pitch Award, She Inspires Award, and People's Choice Award, will all be presented. Make sure to go and register for the final pitch competition on December 9th. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Alex, and I'm so excited to be hearing about your business and your experience in the Venture Women program. So how about to start things off, we have you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm super excited to be doing this as well. My business is called the Future Science Network. Um, So what it is right now is an e-commerce dropshipping apparel company. And one day I hope to have this be a full not-for-profit association or actually registered charity that takes the world of science, anything STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and math, and bringing it into secondary school classrooms, but at a level that's a little bit younger than normal initiatives. So we would be starting with grades nines and tens as opposed to grades 11s and 12s like most uh, programs usually do. And I want to show students that there's so much more out there than the normal careers of healthcare and engineering or teaching, which are all wonderful careers, but there are so many options and passions that students don't really get to fully explore and appreciate because of the way that we're pushed towards the healthcare field or the engineering field if you show an interest in science or math at all. Um, And I would really like to bring in more diverse speakers and bring up the representation for different underrepresented groups in STEM, particularly those with disabilities, um, BIPOC individuals, differences in gender orientation, religion, and sexuality. Wow, that's incredible. And I think that's such a, you know, amazing initiative that you're putting together and starting. And so I guess to start off, what was it that got you into STEM in the first place and really into this industry? Yeah, right now I'm a graduate student at the University of Windsor. I'm completing my Master of Science and waiting on a couple of PhD application cycles to get going and hear back from that. So that's pretty well what got me started on this track was I've always really loved animals and science. And because of that, all of my teachers kind of pushed me towards the healthcare field, whether it be a vet or a doctor or a dentist. And everyone always assumes you wanted to be a doctor. Um, For me, it was dentistry. That's what I started going into when I started university. I did the shadowing. I did the co-op. I did extracurriculars with nonprofits. I did all of the classes that I could possibly take in order to get myself set up for that. And most importantly, I joined a lab. 
which is something that they suggest for anyone who wants to go into any type of medical is that you get research experience. In doing so, I started working for a wonderful professor, Dr. Menel, and he took me under his wing, showed me all about research, and actually hired me on for a summer. And I loved going to work every day. I would get up at six and be so happy to get up and go to work for my 40 hours a week. And I'm not a morning person. So it was really eye-opening for me to really enjoy spending all of my time at a computer looking at bird sounds. And I had some talks with Dan. He told me about all the different career options that I can do with research and that all I need is a graduate degree. And I could do things that I loved for the rest of my life. So that was it for me. I, I started on the path to my master's and I never looked back. And I noticed that a lot of people in research and in grad school have similar experiences where they usually start thinking that they're going to go into medicine of some sort and find out later in their careers that they have all these other options, switch and go then. So it's really, it helps you to think, what would my life have been like if I had known this from the beginning, if I hadn't set up my undergrad in order to do the best thing possible to get into dental school, I could have padded my ending of my degree with courses that were going to boost my average for graduate school, as opposed to making my overall average as high as possible. And I found out that a lot of people have the exact same experience, not just within my cohort at Windsor, but all over the world through just different social media sites that have groups for people in science. And that was really what started me on, I need to get into classrooms and show kids that there's more than just being a doctor. Because it's such a frustrating experience to have all these things be just beyond your reach and and not even know about them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think that it's, it is definitely great to, you know, being able to see, show kids sort of what's all out there and that there is other options for them to have. And can you tell us a bit about the startup process of your business itself? You know, what um, made you decide to bring in the themed apparel that um, sends the profits back and sort of bring in that component of it? Yeah. As a grad student, you don't really get paid a ton of money. Um, and you're also contracted to not work outside of school, especially with the University of Windsor. You're only allowed to do a certain amount of hours per um, semester. And most of that goes towards GAing, being a graduate teaching assistant. So I knew I wanted to start this program and this this nonprofit, but I didn't have the means to do that. And I know that I have, I have a lot of experience with um, volunteering with different nonprofits, fundraising like the Kidney Foundation, uh, JDRF, all kinds of things like that. And donations are really, really hard to get and not the most sustainable model. So I wanted to come up with something to bring in money for this programming to help me get it started and help me keep it going. Um, my mother is a secondary school teacher and she teaches business and she was giving a lecture to her students during COVID. So online about the different shipping models. And she was talking about drop shipping and how it's so affordable because you don't have any inventory and really easy. And I was thinking about it and it's like, I could work with this. I could make some money, get my program going and I could actually, I could afford to do this. And one thing, if you're not in the world of like grad school, especially like science grad school, we really love our study species or our study systems. They are very near and dear to us. And we geek out over anything with our study species or a joke about our system or our subject on it. And those are really hard to find. Um, And when you do find them, they're really expensive. So a lot of times we 
get them like as gifts for our defenses or from family members for Christmas, but it would be awesome to have accessible products that are affordable for us. So I kind of merged those two together to get the uh, store going and hopefully be able to fund it further from that. Wow. Yeah. I think that's the perfect fit. And I love how, you know, you were able to find that opportunity to really create the business and get it running, even though there were sort of those barriers in place. And so you were able to sort of take that and make it your own, which is really great to see. And then at one point, um, you know, did you decide to apply to the Venture Women program? And, you know, how has your experience been in it so far? I found out about the Venture Women program, honestly, by accident. I was talking with Michelle Bondi, who is a member of the Faculty of Science, and she does a lot of outreach things. She's a phenomenal person. I I love her. Um, And she was going over with me what I would need in order to be able to get my programming going in schools. And she suggested contacting the EpiCenter because they have all kinds of programs. So I just went on their website and took a look at what was happening soon. And Venture Woman was, the application was due, I think, two weeks after I found it. There was a info night that that night and I went on to how to chat with Sydney. Um, She didn't have time to answer all of my questions then. So she carved out time in her schedule to have a one-on-one with me. And it seemed like a good fit. I applied and I was really fortunate to be able to get in. And I have had an awesome time with it. I love the program. I started with an idea and absolutely nothing else. I didn't even have a business license. I didn't know where to get a business license. I didn't know what to register as. I had no experience in business whatsoever. I took a business management course or a business leadership course in grade 12, and that was in 2015. So I really had no clue what I was doing. But with Sydney and Melissa, my my mentor, and all of the advisors and the networking that they give you, I've had so much just new experiences and, and new resources. And I now I'm, I'm a registered business. I have my license framed on my wall and I'm, you know, meeting all these people and learning all these things and finding out about all these different programs that I didn't even know existed through like the government or banks or different uh, institutions. And it's opened my eyes to like this whole new world that I didn't think I could ever be a part of, but it's so, so much fun. And I, I couldn't be happier. I've been recommending epicenter to everybody since I started (laughs) well that's so great to hear and I definitely agree it's such an amazing program and I think we're so fortunate to have that available to us um so if if there is anyone who's thinking about applying to it definitely recommend that (laughs) so much so so much this just everyone who runs the center they're all so welcoming and and so kind and so willing to help you too. Like you never feel like you're bothering anyone. Like Sydney, our program lead, I never feel like I'm bothering her. And I've texted her on the weekends and she is always so happy to help. And the advisors are just so amazing. And the mentors are so wonderful. Like I've got such a good relationship with Melissa and I look forward to our biweekly meetings. Cause I just like, can't wait to tell her all the things that I've done. <laughs> That's so great to hear. Yeah. It's, and it's definitely great just having that community support in general um, and being able to, you know, talk about, talk with other entrepreneurs, you know, the things that you're going through and, you know, some of that too could be, there's definitely those high times in business. And then, then there's definitely, you know, challenges and low times. And so has there been sort of one obstacle that, you know, you've really had to overcome throughout your journey so far? My journey still pretty new. Um, but I guess the 
biggest challenge that I face at the moment is actually finding someone to fulfill the orders that I'm going to be placing. So finding that drop shipping provider, because most of them, unfortunately, are American. The big ones are all in US dollars. And while I would love to be shipping internationally, realistically, I'm starting in Windsor, Essex. I'm starting with you, Wingrad students. I'm starting with my friends who've gone on to Western and Brock and Toronto, and I want it to be in Canadian dollars. So I think that's my biggest hurdle at the moment is finding a provider that gives me what I need. Um, I know that I'm going to have many, many more in the future. I'm preparing myself mentally for that, but I don't think I've quite reached the stage yet where I'm finding the, the obstacles to overcome because I haven't actually launched. So I'm working on the website building at the moment with Digital Main Street. And as soon as that goes, I'm sure my first technical mishap is going to be something that feels like the end of the world. Um, and I'm preparing for that. But yeah, I guess right now the biggest one is that it's mixing the online with the wanting local or Canadian sources and having that like disparity between the amount of Canadian businesses that have a good online presence versus the ones that are international and have a bigger online presence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I think sourcing is definitely a challenge many entrepreneurs do face at one point or another. With that too, have mentioned that you are also in school while you were running your business. And so do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, how you balance these two and then, you know, just with your, with your everyday life as well, it can definitely be a challenge. And so is there any sort of tips that you have on that? I have a planner pretty well attached to my hand at any given time. I would be completely and totally lost without my agenda and my multicolored highlighters that I use for everything. Um, trying to get a hold of time management, I think, is the biggest thing that helps me out. Basically, I compartmentalize my day into time for my research, time for my students, and time for my business. Uh, I usually end up doing a lot of business things at night, as uh, except for answering emails, which I do during hours where other people are doing business as well. Um, and meetings are usually during the day, but I try to keep them between two days a week for that so that I don't get behind in my schoolwork. Yeah, it's it really just comes down to making sure that I write everything down and following my planner and setting out times. The biggest advice that I give to my students usually with time management is that I kind of treat every day like I treat, like that you treat high school. You have your four classes a day and they're in certain times. So when you're in that time slot, you're focusing on that class or I'm focusing on that task. So when it's time for my research, I do my research. When it's time for teaching, I teach. When it's time for my business, that's all I do. Um, and having that compartmentalization and that balance has helped me stay on track for things. I'm pretty proud that I've not fallen behind on anything this semester with keeping my business and, and my schooling. So yeah, get a good planner and, uh, if you're like me, color code the crap out of everything. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely the same way. I can't do anything without my planner. Um, but I think that's great advice. And, you know, creating those sort of time blocks for each thing so that you have your undivided attention, I think definitely really helps with that focus for it. So I think that's really great advice for anyone looking to sort of, you know, get organized and on schedule. And, um, you know, on the other side, has there been sort of any really big success moments or highlights that really stand out to you so far since starting up your business? The registering it itself was such a big thing for me. I've been working on this project since 2019. And 
I did get a little bit more of momentum going before the pandemic hit, but with it being so heavily focused on students and being in schools, being in person, there's been a pretty much a standstill since COVID started, which was really disappointing, especially since I'm going to be moving on from Windsor soon. I really wanted to leave this behind with me, but thanks to Venture Women and being able to get that registered, I now have a legal entity that says that this belongs to me. And it's something that is like solid now. It's it's real. It's not just an idea anymore. So that I think was my biggest thing. And secondary to that, we uh, ratified an organization at the university, like a grad student club under the same name. So we have an affiliate grad student club to go along with the business. And that's another, I think that's probably second to making the idea real. That was another big highlight. We've done so much. The midterm pitch competition just happened and it was so fun to like put everything down and kind of really get a grasp on all the things that you've been able to accomplish and that my cohort members have been able to accomplish and sharing that with each other was really great too. So that was probably like a third highlight is that midterm pitch where you can kind of quantify everything you've done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's definitely great to see. And especially, you know, I'm excited to see the final pitches as well. And then you can sort of see, you know, the evolution of businesses along the way. So oh, definitely. And the midterm ones were great. So I'm going to plug our final pitch competition. Now you definitely want to come see like these girls have amazing businesses. And I am really proud of all my cohort members. They are all awesome people. Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to to see that. And it's definitely a big you know, milestone coming up. And one question I always love to ask and, you know, see is what sort of advice would you give to someone who's thinking of starting a business right now? Ask for help because no matter how much you read on the internet, you're not going to get the same answers and level of advice that you would get from someone who's done it. That was like, I was struggling to get it going for months. And then within literally two months of being in this program we really started in the beginning of September we had orientation at the end of August and before the end of October I had so many questions answered and I had I had registered the business so I went from being completely lost to having a clear trajectory and a clear track um so yeah just ask asking for help finding someone if you can get into a program like this take advantage of that or if you have to hire a consultant if you have the means to do so or ask a consultant if they do pro bono work because the worst that they can say is no. That is going to be the best thing that you can do is getting the help from the people who've already done it. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. And I think that there is so many great resources, especially in Windsor, Essex, that are available for entrepreneurs and new founders. And most of them are free resources as well. So I definitely recommend checking those out. And Epicenter is a great place to start to to find any programs or people who can help you. They'll definitely direct there. So, And I know you have a lot coming up in your business and especially that final pitch competition. But is there anything else coming up that you'd like to share with our listeners? I don't have a official launch date yet, but uh, I do have some social media platforms that I'm working on getting those built. And as soon as we have our official launch date, we'll be live on there. Um, I'm really hoping to get some of the stuff out before Christmas. Not too sure if that's going to be possible or not, but we will definitely have them for graduation season coming up. Um, so if you've got someone who's going into any type of STEM, we're hopefully going to have a product for them. I'm hoping to roll out 
35 different designs for our grand opening and then just keep adding from there. Um, we're also, or I say we, it's just me at the moment, but I'm also looking to launch a program that highlights artists in STEM. So a lot of people that are involved in STEM are also amazing artists. There's a club at the University of Windsor that highlights a lot of science artists. It's called Smart Science Meets Art. So I'm starting with those uh, students and I'm having them come up with some designs that I purchase off of them and then put into the store. So I would love to get that going as a secondary program to have uh, young artists or anyone really doesn't have to just be students submit their art and then have it be in our store. So it would be bought and paid for. Um, That's my in the future goal. Yeah. So our social networks are all underscore FOSS network, F-O-S network on Insta, Twitter, Facebook. I have a TikTok. I've not used it yet. I don't fully understand TikTok, but (laughs) hopefully I can get some grad students who know better than I do to help out with that when we get going. And uh, yeah, that's the next two months, hopefully. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm so excited to be hearing about your business and your journey as an entrepreneur. So how about we start off with having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Yeah, sure. So my name is Jackie Varellen, and um, I'm the co-owner of Varellen Music Academy here in Windsor. Um, And we're all about the idea that learning music should be fun. So um, we wanted to design a school, you know, where kids weren't just learning these classical strict skills, but they were also having the option to explore a little bit of modern technique. So we have a full stage, we have a sound system, and we're just trying to give kids the tools to get their own music out there and learn about, you know, the industry as a whole. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And so what was it that really started you, you know, decided, made you decide to start your own business um, as, you know, opposed to going and working in a studio, you know, starting this up yourself? Well, I feel like um, I had a lot of like supporters, families and uh, family and friends, and, you know, especially uh, my boyfriend, who's now my partner in it. Um, Over the years, a lot of people have said to me, and I never really took it seriously, that I should just be doing it myself. But um, at the time when I was first starting out, that felt a little intimidating. So it took a while for me to catch up in confidence, I guess, in the idea that I could run a studio. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think that's definitely a barrier for a lot of people, you know, that want to start the business, but it is definitely, you know, scary going out on your own. So was there anything like specific you could share about, you know, what made you gain that confidence and really, you know, have the ability to take that leap? I guess just getting like getting a lot of good feedback from families, um, you know, just putting in that extra effort and then seeing how some of my students were growing and thinking like, oh, it'd be so great if like these were like under my studio so I can keep them (laughs) because they're so cute. Right. Um, but also just my, honestly, my boyfriend, who's now my partner, um, kind of pushed me to put up my first ad in Windsor to try getting phone calls. And, um, it just kind of led one thing to another to virtual students first. And then slowly we were driving by this location that we wanted and the price kept dropping through COVID. So it just kind of, it felt very natural, even though it was a bit scary to jump into, okay, the kids need a school now. So let's like, let's just go for it as a team and, and make it work. So, yeah. (laughs) 
Awesome. Yeah, it definitely was just the right sign to to take that leap. And, um, you know, even back before that, what was it that really, you know, how'd you get into this industry and really attracted you to music in the first place? Um, I think it was definitely like my very first music teachers myself. Like when I was very young, I was always really creative. And so I got into the arts and it honestly, like, it sounds very cheesy, but it very much so changed my life. And so I love teaching because I feel like I'm doing the same thing, you know, for another kid and they're going to do the same. So um, that kind of got me started. I had a really good teacher in grade school who forced me to kind of do some plays and stuff. And then I ended up, you know, again, not realizing I was into it, but going into it on a university level uh, just because I happened to love it. And then, um, you know, I pursued music for a while as a, as a musician and started teaching on the side. So I just kind of slowly inched my way towards realizing what the center of that like passion was, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. No, that definitely makes sense. And I think it has such a huge impact on so many people. And, you know, then once you decided to sort of take that leap, do you want to tell us a little bit about like the beginning process of your business and sort of, you know, building it up from scratch? Yeah. So it, yeah, (laughs) just signing, just signing the lease was like, obviously very scary. I really didn't know anything about like, in all honesty, I didn't know a lot about business. Um, and it was around the time I got accepted into the Epic Founders program as well. Um, so that also gave me another push to do it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it was a little bit scary just navigating the steps that we needed to take to like get incorporated or find insurance or like, what do we need to do if this happens with kids at the school? So I don't know if that goes into quite enough detail, but yeah. That's the idea behind it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you brought up a great point there too about you know those those programs. And um, currently, you are in the Venture Women program through Epicenter. So, do you want to tell us you know what was it that motivated you to apply for the program and sort of how your experience has been so far? Um, yeah. So the um, the original like the first program I entered was the Epic Founders in the summer, and then um, that led me to apply for Venture Women as well because. I just wanted to keep that support system going. I think it's really like, it's really cool getting to be a part of, you know what I mean? That community. Um, It definitely inspires me, but uh, the venture women one has been especially great because it's really nice seeing a lot of women as examples that are like not necessarily older than myself, but it just makes me feel comfort (laughs) to hear, to hear them say the same things that I'm feeling like, I know um, one of the older groups mentioned that they hate doing their their accounting <laughs> and it just made it that much more human for me. So I I like being a part of those programs because, um, yeah, it just really pushes me and makes me feel like I have this support system around me to do whatever I need to do. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it's definitely great having that community and, you know, especially being so relatable with the businesses and being able to, you know, talk about those things that maybe you can't with, with everyone. And so it is definitely great to have that support system. And, um, you know, what that would is, I guess it's definitely, would it be a program you'd recommend to others or if someone was thinking about it, what sort of advice would you have for them? Um, for sure. Yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's, you know, looking to even just get an idea going off the ground um, because it's it's just really scary, you know, if you're by yourself, I think. And it just makes it seem so possible. But yeah, I would I would definitely recommend uh, applying for the programs. <laughs> 
Yeah. And you, I mean, you talked about there too before, you know, there's definitely parts of businesses that aren't everyone's favorites, whether it's accounting or whatnot, but has there been sort of a big challenge or obstacle that you really had to overcome with your business and sort of what did you do during that time to overcome it? I think one of the uh, the biggest challenges has been, well, two things, I think, like mindset, definitely like, um, it sounds cheesy. You hear people talk about like money mindset, but it is true. Like if you don't come from a lot, it's hard to like imagine yourself doing well with a business. So I've had to really challenge myself to stay positive. And, um, and the other thing has been like switching families from, you know, just working at my home to a school. Um, there's, there's definitely been some hurdles in implementing like new ways to structure everything. Um, but I'm really lucky that a lot of the families are very understanding. So, um, they were willing to take on the next step, you know, like having professional policies and having them sign them, things like that. It felt like I was backtracking on them, but a lot of the families were were really great about it. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. And, you know, I guess with that too, the, you know, opening a business and everything, it can definitely be, you know, time consuming, a lot going on. And so how do you sort of balance that with, you know, whether it's school, whether it's work, personal life, like how do you go about balancing that while running a business? Uh, so that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. So it, it has definitely been tough to balance everything. It's teaching me a lot about priorities um, and just having like effective time rather than like long periods for, for certain things. So like I'm, I'm in school right now and then I work a little outside of it, but not very heavily. So um, I guess just scheduling my day has been a big thing. I'm still working on structuring that though. And the other thing I think for this kind of industry is that in some ways you're kind of like your own service and like the owner because we're doing a lot of teaching. So something I've had to adjust to because I love taking on new students, I love kids, is realizing that there's a point at which now I need to give them to other teachers and trust that like these other amazing musicians are going to take care of these kids so that I can focus on, you know, how do we grow and how do we make the service as like good as we can for the kids so yeah (laughs) absolutely no that definitely makes sense um you know taking that time to really build the business itself and with that too you know has there been sort of a really big success moment or highlight that's really stood out to you so far with your journey I mean aside from just like we renovated and built a bunch of classrooms so that was a big deal when we got done um getting it ready for the kids and having them come in. That was a really magical moment because I just couldn't believe it. Right. But yeah, one of the big things has been just uh, recently we hit 85 students, which I mean, at the beginning of this of September, we only had about 35. So we're really happy. We're hoping that by Christmas, you know, we can get to that hundred and, and have lots of kids experiencing the the fun sort of approach. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, I'm definitely excited to see that and everything that's, you know, to come with your business. Um, and, you know, specific to yourself, has there been something you've really learned from being a business owner that maybe you didn't know before? It definitely teaches you a lot about self-efficacy and like pushing yourself, but but also, you know, resting. One of the things that I've heard a lot is that like, if you don't love what you do, then it will feel like work. And I think like there's some myth in that and there's some, some truth in that, but um, it definitely feels like very hard work, but I really love doing that hard work in comparison, you know, to another job. And so that's been really eye-opening to me that, you know, people 
people don't have to work like a regular, you know, work day, unless that's their passion, of course, they can build something that they love to do for a living. And that's been really, really awesome to discover. <laughs> definitely. No, that, that definitely makes sense. And I think that, you know, that's what that passion is. That's going to, that keeps people going with their businesses and sort of and during the high times and the low times, like that passion is always sort of what it comes down to. So it's great that, you know, you're able to find what that is and sort of go for it. And if there was anyone else who is sort of looking to start a business or thinking of starting a business, what sort of advice would you give to them? I think one of the, I think one of the most important things to think about is like your why, which it's really easy for that to get lost as you're like doing a million things a day. So once in a while, I just try to come back to that, um, you know, before pitches or before, you know, the day starts. And like, for me, I realized at first I thought my business was going to be super broad. Like I wasn't sure what age was my favorite. And, um, I started thinking about my why since we learned about that in the program. And it was very much so, so that like young kids, you know, could have that moment on stage that I've seen kids experience where they just have so much confidence and they're like expressing themselves fully Mm -hmm. and watching that growth is definitely like the why for me. So when I come back to that, you know, that helps me have a clearer ambition and vision for the business. So I guess wrapping that around, like if somebody was new, I would say like, make sure you know your why and, and have like your heart in whatever you're doing, because it'll get really boring, really fast otherwise. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. No, I, I think that's definitely important, especially sort of take that time, step back and look at it because I think, yeah, like you said, you can get lost in it as with so many things going on. So always being able to come back to that why is, is so important for, you know, any of the, any business owner in general. Um, and I know you have a lot going on with your business right now, but is there some future plans coming up that you would like to share? Yeah, so we're working on um, a Christmas recital on December twelfth, and we're hoping hoping to have a um, a small like grand opening gathering at that time, of course, safely. Amazing! And where can people go to find out about that um, and find you online and your business, um, everything like that? Yeah, uh, so they can visit um, VarellaMusicAcademy.com, and additionally, they can book a free trial lesson on there if they'd like to try it out and just get their feet wet and see how they like it. Um, and we also have uh, Instagram and TikTok at uh, Varela Music Academy. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.